Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane and Shane with you. Nelly is, I don't know, probably like playing around in a spreadsheet. <laughs> like, I'd, I'm not 100% sure what he does for fun. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's probably just more spreadsheets. Um, I know he like is a lax bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's he's got some work stuff going on that he had to travel for. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he was traveling out uh, to work. So I, that's right. I don't be back also don't listen when he talks. So that's a tough <laughs> one. <laughs> um, so. Without Nelly, we're just going to just fly by the seat of our pants. Um, we're going to talk about 2025. Now, there's some very good players in the 2025 class. Um, a few have kind of already shown out. A few uh, we expect to do well when they finally get time. And a few that we're probably a whole lot lower on than than kind of everyone else so we're gonna dive into that uh, shane just real quick what a fun week of college football it, it, it was a good weekend man it was great gophers won it's good ruckers the tough tough ruckers hey greg shiana's a good coach you never know he's something <laughs> um, ohio state beats penn state uh, which made me happy. Uh, did not look great for a bit in that game. Fair. Um, are you, just real quick? Are you worried at all about CJ Stroud and kind of some processing issues, or not really? Um, not too much. I mean, I'm a little worried about him out of outside of the you know when he's under pressure, moving, having to make stuff up on his own. I think there's a little bit of issue there when the structure isn't there, but I think he'll be just fine in the NFL if, if he has a half decent coach. I, but I think the problem with the Ohio state, like the way that the offense is formed, right? When he is under pressure and has to kind of move, uh, like most people might not know this, but Ohio state is basically built on choice routes for the wide receiver, right? Where the wide receiver gets to choose where they're going to be. And, uh, the fun part is you can't see what's happening behind you when you're running down the field, right? That's just something that happens, right? Uh, so I think that's part of it is like the wide receivers might not know that CJ Stroud is in trouble. Also, you're dealing with some pretty young wide receivers, yeah. right? With no JSN, you're dealing with uh, two second year guys, 
as kind of your main wide receivers in uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Buka. So I, I don't necessarily punish C.J. Stroud for that because that's the way the offense is set up for choice routes to happen. And I think when you look at his interceptions, like they all look really bad because there's no receiver there. And that's why, right? That, that's a miscommunication on what that option route is, is usually when there's a bad play. Uh, doesn't that just remind you of, what was it? The, uh, was it the national game or the play right before the national championship where they end up losing? I think that was Fields, wasn't it? Yeah. Fields is yeah, the quarterback. The... Like, but it's the same offense, right? that he chose a different direction than what Fields thought he was going to do. And that there's a reason why Ohio State's really good when when the quarterback has time. And that's because the wide receivers are some of the best wide receivers in the country and the most athletic wide receivers in the country. So if they choose to win in a specific spot, they're probably going to. Right. Um, So when they have, when CJ Stroud can find that, take a split second longer and find that, uh, they're going to be better. Right. But that's the, again, that's the way the offense is set up and designed to succeed. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I will say, though, Marvin Harrison, and if you join our Discord, uh, I've talked about this and become a secret chopper, but he, he's into my top five Debbie players in my Debbie rankings. I think Marvin Harrison is that guy. He's that good. He will be close. He's going to be Marvin. He's going to be Jamar Chase, Julio Jones, AJ Green, that level of NFL. Prospect. So like he's going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be like Marvin Harrison. Wow. Look, can I, can I, do I, do I have to use that comp when I end up having to do a comp for him? No, because that actually wouldn't be the best comp. Uh, yeah, yeah, they actually are not like similar players. Marvin so. Harrison is truly Marvin Harrison Jr. is truly one of he's gonna he's gonna test off the charts. <laughs> like yeah, and and that was not We're, his dad. His dad was, no. I mean, very very athletic, but not like Junior is. Yeah, so he's there's a chance that like call me crazy. Is there a chance that Marvin Harrison Jr. goes top 10 in the NFL draft in 24? Um, I, I think it's likely. Top five? I think that's very possible. Like He's just that player. He's very, yeah, like, very good. So I, th- I think he's on that top tier type level. Um, yeah. Wide receiver prospect wise. Love it. Yeah. So we should probably go and trade for him before this podcast comes out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I released the 24 mock um, the day we're recording this. I had him fourth overall. He's very good. Yeah. Very good at football. So let's dive into this 2025 class, Shane. Um, I think, do you want to start quarterback? Let's just start at the most position, most important position. Um, 2025 quarterbacks, I think. Uh, there's two probably kind of at the top of most people's lists. Um, where where do you stand? Are those two kind of the two guys for you, and who are they? I, I think they are. I mean, I think for me it's still Kate Klubnick, the quarterback for Clemson, and Drew Aller, the quarterback for Penn State. And we've seen them very small doses this season. Neither have taken the job from the veteran Sean, Sean Clifford of Penn State and DJU. 
at Clemson. But uh, I like what I've seen. I think the athleticism, the arm talent, I still feel like next year for both those players, they have to start. And they're in you know, two decent programs. So they're still kind of a, a tier above everyone else for me. Are you? How do you feel about Nick Evers down in Oklahoma? I, you know, I, th- I think he's intriguing. Um, I, I worry. I'm worried about Oklahoma as a whole. I'm worried about if I think they're going to bring in a transfer probably to compete with him. Like, I don't think he's straight out handed that job. So I do have him a little bit lower. I think he's sixth on my board. Um, just because I, I don't know what Oklahoma's going to be. And that worries me. No, I get that. Um, I, I feel like people are going to fall into what I'm going to call the Drew Alar trap. Um, I think he's a very talented quarterback. I think there's a very realistic possibility that the offensive system that Penn State runs is not going to be efficient enough for him to become like a top tier quarterback in the NFL draft. And if I'm wrong, I'm fine. Like, the reason why I think it's okay to miss there is because a whole lot of things have to go right for someone to be a top quarterback in the NFL draft. Um, so I'd, I'd rather just be wrong on that um, because the value that you can get for Drew Allar if you have him is still incredibly high. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair of what what's Penn state going to be? I think people hope, Oh, Nick Singleton and they have these offensive weapons. Hopefully they'll be good, but. And and they might be good. Right. But it's not going to be like high a dot throws for a jewel R where he's just going to completely tear it up. Like that's not the play style of Penn state. And I think you look at Will Levis, right. I mean, you can love him or hate him, but. Penn State, the offense didn't fit him, so they didn't use him. And he goes to Kentucky and becomes an NFL prospect. Like, I don't think that's a great sign for Drew Allar in the same offense. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, and Drew Allar has a big arm. Like, I just don't think he's going to get enough opportunity to use it. Um, because Penn State, I'm sorry if you're people listening are Penn State fans, but like, Penn State is more willing to consistently be nine and three, 10 and two, then change things up and actually have a chance at a national championship. Yeah. I think, I think it would take a lot in that conference, especially with the USC coming in. And I'm not necessarily saying that was like a knock on Penn state. I think Penn state is probably one of the best defenses year in and year out in the big 10. The defense isn't the problem. The offense is the problem. And just now we're seeing like top tiered recruits go there. Um, But like it's not built for flashy like NFL draft prospect like high end quarterbacks and wide receivers. It's not. And because we haven't seen, not that he can't be, 
but we haven't seen a development, I think, of a quarterback under James Franklin ever yet. And that's a little scary to me. We've seen it at Ohio State and Clemson, um, you know, Penn State. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I obviously, it's hard to judge just Penn, James Franklin's like tenure because most of that has been Sean Clifford. <laughs> like, fair, fair enough. But, but also, like, there were other players behind Sean Clifford and he chose Sean Clifford every time. So, um, I guess better is a relative term. Um, oh, well, I hope Will Levis is better than Sean Clifford. <laughs> you know, I hope so. But um, that's where we're at right now. Um, I think those are the three main guys. Does anyone kind of excite you a little bit? Uh, MJ Morris at NT State had just a really, really good half. Um, and that's where we're kind of talking about these freshman quarterbacks like him and Connor Wakeman, I think this past week. Uh, Connor Wakeman at Texas A&M both look good. Uh, I am I am very gun shy about Devin Brown. I know it's a favorite for some out there, the Ohio State quarterback. I, I don't think he starts a game at Ohio State. That's my thought. I think Kyle McCord will win the job next year. And I think Devin Brown will have to transfer so Dylan Rayola can start down the line. Oof. So that's my thought. I could be dead wrong. Maybe he becomes great somewhere else. But I, I think Devin Brown could be in that kind of dead zone of Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, let's move to running backs here. Obviously, there's some running backs in the 25 class that have already flashed. Oh, right? it's, a, it's a good group. Um, two on one team, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, both on Penn State, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, both uh, very good at football. It seems. Um, but we also have some other guys, right? We have uh, Quinchon Judkins, the running back at Ole Miss. We have um, what? Uh, Jalen Ott or Jaden Ott, the running back at Cal. You have Branson Robinson, the running back at Georgia. Uh, Trevor Etienne, the running back at Florida. Uh, just a lot of really, really interesting names. Who's kind of some guys that stick out to you? I, I, I think, I think Judkins is just so talented the way he's basically beat out Zach Evans just because he's too good. Like that, that's usually a good indication that this player is legitimate. Zach Evans, I think, is still going to get drafted fairly highly. So I think Judkins is a player you have to has to be among the top targets in Debbie drafts next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Otta, I like ETN. I think outside of that, um, Damian Martinez at Oregon State is interesting. He's taken over that job, and he's a, he's a big, fast track athlete, uh, which is always good for us. Like, he's going to be one of those guys that works out well. And I, I'm intrigued by the North Carolina duo, too, where Marion Hampton and George Petaway uh, have had some chances. But it, this is, this is going to – I think it's going to be a good running back class when all said and done. The fact that we have – Guys like ETN of Florida and Ott at Cal and uh, winning jobs is just pretty crazy. I think one guy that's still interesting to me and obviously hasn't played this year due to injury, but Trevante Citizen was one of my top guys um, coming in this year. I think he's just really, really talented. I Definitely there's a chance for him to completely take over that Miami backfield um, that we haven't seen a ton of consistency with and just consistent efficiency out of that running back room. Um, so I think Trevante Citizen could be a guy that 
that you know could definitely fit in there. Um, catches the ball well, is really tough. Um, can run zone and power. Super interesting running back. Um, that could kind of be getting a huge boom. Um, I like him. I, I like him too. I still have him in my top six just because I think he's talented and should get a shot sooner rather than later when he's on the field. Um, you mentioned Branson Robinson. Well, honestly, watching him is impressive. I mean, he is powerful. He's like knocking these SEC guys over. But, uh, you know, I'm interested to see if Andrew Paul come when he comes back from injury, the other running back at Georgia next year, how they use those two players. Honestly, I think both might end up being better than Kendall Milton, to be honest. So, um, so I, I think both of them, you've seen plenty of Georgia running back share of the field and get draft capital could be guys down the line. Yeah, it seems almost like Nick Chubb-ish in college. Yeah, yeah. For- not going to catch the ball, not going to do much else. He's not flashy, but Francis Robinson, man, he'll run you down. And he'll end up being a second, second third round pick too. Yeah. Um, the really fun position for this <laughs> class, and and the running backs are very fun too. Uh, but these, man, these wide receivers. I'm just gonna give you a few of my favorites. Um, Evan Stewart, the wide receiver at Texas A&M. Luther Burden, the wide receiver at Missouri. Uh, Antonio Williams, wide receiver at Clemson. Two good wide receivers at Kentucky, Barry and Brown and Dane Key. You have Adam Randall at Clemson. Like, just a bunch of guys that are very, very good at football and that are already starting to produce. Once again, I think it's crazy with how many fifth-year, six-year seniors we have that guys like Evan Stewart and Barry and Brown can play as well as they are and get on the field. You know, we we talk, like, the Debbie thing of, oh, well, Texas A&M, they're not going to play their freshmen and it's just not going to happen. But Evan Stewart's blowing the doors off of the place. You know, Jim Fisher has to play him. (laughs) He's that good. He's very, very good at football. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think uh, Evan Stewart is kind of separating himself currently in, in this class where he's kind of at the top. I think Luther Burden is an incredible talent. Uh, still curious how much he got paid to go to Missouri. <laughs> uh, chance that he's not at Missouri next year. Right? Yeah. I mean, it uh, could happen for sure. He's, he's already put out some cryptic uh, tweets and stuff that he's just waiting, he said. Um, Antonio Williams already getting a huge uh, target share when he's playing for Clemson as a true freshman. That's a great sign. Um, Barry and Brown might be, I wouldn't say like the lock for like the best wide receiver in this class, but one of the most fun, I think, for Kentucky. 6'1", 173. Like, he's fun to watch. He's a really fun player, and I think he's really good. And it is an incredible uh, difference from Dane Key. And like how he plays, right? Dane Key's 6'2", 190. is the go up and get him. Wide receiver. Uh, Barry and Brown just does everything else. Yeah, I mean, Barry and Brown, just, he's so electric. Him returning the football. He looks like a seasoned veteran. He looks like someone that should be 
getting ready for the NFL. Like he is that kind of player. Um, I think Antonio Williams has a little bit of that too, which is just wild on these big time teams and offenses to, uh, to get that. So yeah, I mean, as, as good as a running back class is this receiver class has some stud athletes that uh, already are dominating NFL corners. It's, it's usually a good sign for the future. Like Barry and Brown reminds me of uh, like freshman Barry and Brown reminds me of year three Devonta Smith. Yeah, I mean, he has a lot of that, you know, just the way he moves his body, right? And it's just he's not it, light on his feet, just glides. Yeah. And he, I don't know. Obviously, like that's, I'm not trying to make like a clear comp here, um, but just the, they're, play style and their ability all over the field um we were ranting and raving about devonta smith and what he was able to do um as a junior and then his senior year everything just opened up for him um it wouldn't surprise me if we see something similar in kentucky um, where they're still trying to they're still learning how barry and brown can be used all over this offense and next year i think he's just ready to blow the hinges off the door how 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 you feel about the Alabama guys? Because we've actually seen some of these freshmen for Alabama. Isaiah Bond has is, is kind of the smaller slot player has gotten some play. We've seen Kobe Prentice step in when there are some injuries. Um, you know, if some of these Alabama receivers hit early, we know the potential. How how do you kind of feel about them? Um, I think I like Kobe Prentice the most. Um, but right. That's limited sample size with some of these guys. Um, absolutely wild that, uh, Alabama basically got four incredibly, incredibly talented wide receivers in the same draft class. Wild. Um, and I think we're in for some other guys to, uh, break out. Oh, five. If you include Kendrick law too. So I will toss him in there. Alabama. Um, Curious your thoughts on some freshmen that we've kind of seen a little bit out of, not necessarily everything that we wanted. That's guys like DJ Allen at TCU, right? That he's 5'11, 190. I think he's shown a little bit at TCU. Would love to see him take that bigger step, especially when he still has a quarterback that can throw the ball right now, um, which has been a, a crux for TCU in the past. Um, and then, I want your thoughts on him as well as uh, I kind of want to hear some thoughts on the FCS guy, Kevin Coleman, going to Jackson State. I mean, I'm definitely intrigued by DJ Allen. I think when you watched him in high school, he's another guy like super fast, super athletic. I think we'll see more of him next year once Quentin Johnston goes to the NFL. And, uh, you know, I think Allen will be among the more talented receivers there. It's nice that they have an offense. Like, hopefully that sticks around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried that we ha- haven't gotten more of of Allen. You know, Kevin Coleman, Jackson State is just, like, lighting it up uh, at this point. Sure, Sanders looks like an NFL player himself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Kevin Coleman hasn't done too much so far. Um, but, like, he's he's getting more work in that offense when you have a, a, a guy that's 
moves the way that he does against those players. He just looks like he's on another level. So, you know, for Devi, it's like, it's so tough to invest in a Jackson state receiver. But I think Kevin Coleman, if, if this all comes together, then there's that chance that we see Deion Sanders move up and all these guys come with them. And now you still have chemistry and Kevin Coleman's playing up. So he's really intriguing. I'll say that. Uh, let's move over to the one position I never want to talk about, um, which is tight ends. Like anyone like moving the needle for you. Obviously you've guys like Oscar Delp who's incredibly buried on a depth chart of a really good team right behind Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington. You have Donovan Green, who I think is very talented as well, 6'4", 235. I'm at Texas A&M. Love Jaleel Skinner, kind of a, a skinnier guy, but a little taller, 6'5", 216. What are your thoughts on kind of these uh, tight ends here, and can we expect uh, one of them to break out? I, I think Delp has it. I think he is in that Georgia tight end mold of he's going to have a big impact. He's, he's not maybe on Brock Bowers level, right? But like, we don't know. Uh, but I think he has that kind of talent when he has been in the game. He has played. I've been, I've been impressed. Like, I get I get him confused sometimes, Brock Bowers. Uh, so that's a, usually a good sign. I think Oscar Delp will be the next guy up in the, in a couple years to take that over. Yeah, like, like Donovan Green's talented. Um, he's He got a lot more play this past week, played – the starting position for Texas A&M. So it feels like there's a bright future there. How they use their tight ends. How, I don't know how that's going to go. And I think Jules Skinner next year, they're going to have to use them. They're just going to have to um, more. And I think he might be the most talented receiver of that group. Yeah, I'm, I, I totally get it. Uh, well, Shane, uh, even though Nelly's not here, you want to teach me something? Yeah, yeah. I, I, we, we did a little, little South Latin America last week, so I want to do a little South America this week. Um, kind of an, an intriguing, this is the most like uplifting topic, but kind of an intriguing, I think, thing that happened. So um, every Thursday in Buenos Aires, Argentina, um, these women known as the mothers of the Plaza de Mayo go to like in front of the um, government building the Casa Rosada and essentially protests like demand answers. So back in the seventies, 1976, there was a military dictatorship that over overthrew uh, Isabel Perón. The United States kind of helped this military group uh, an operation Condor take over the country. They became this just military dictatorship. So they had what they called the dirty war where the government basically like just took people and just never saw them again. And we're talking 30,000 people, like pregnant women, children, men, young men, anyone that opposed the government didn't kill them, just disappeared. And so these uh, mothers of Plaza de Mayo have gone all the way to 2006 daily to say, like, we want we wanted to find our kids, our grandkids, like, what happened, tell us. Even when that government was gone, new government was in, they're still doing it. And then after 2006, so we're going to do it. No, we know it's not this government, but we're going to do it every Thursday. We're there. And they still are and still doing it. Uh, to me, that's just like wild. It's been, you know, almost 40 years of that. And still no answers. 
still still no answers still like i couldn't i i have not been able to find anything so if someone out there knows more than me like feel free to chime in and tweet at me but that's interesting uh well let's just dive right into our uh buy sell unknown stock here shane um you want to go first yeah yeah i'll, I'll go first we're we we're talking oscar delp but you know what i'm buying brock bowers like it could cost sure. a lot. It's expensive. I think you've had him as a buy before. I'm, I'm on board with you, Kane. Like I, I right now would trade Kyle Pitts for Brock Bowers plus. I'd do it. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm backing up Kane. I'd offer TJ Hawkinson up. You know, those kind of player. Like you know, someone's competing. You might be able to get a bite for if they're tight end needy or have had some injuries. So. Go out and spend. Brock Bowers' catch this week was absolutely incredible. Like Kyle Pitts was a great talent. Kyle Pitts in the red zone, phenomenal. Um, he never did on the boundary what Brock Bowers does. He never ran the ball. You know, like Bowers is just an athlete. I, I think he's even better. Um, my cell, the guy, his guy I have, and I still like, but it's Tank Bigsby. I, I just have some worry. I think he's a good player. Had a, a great run this past week for Auburn. Now they finally fired their coach, Brian Harson. Hopefully Tank Bigsby actually gets a little bit of work. But I think if you're competing, you know, and you can trade him for, say, a Josh Jacobs, or maybe you can even sell down. Can you still sell Tank Bigsby for Raheem Sanders or Braylon Allen? Maybe you can sprinkle a little on top of Tank to get that. I think it's worthwhile I worry about the speed. I worry about the athleticism. Could he end up like a fourth round rookie, you know, draft pick and and end up a fourth round NFL draft pick. And then uh, where does he go in the rookie draft? Things could get interesting. Am I unknown? We talked about him on our second podcast. If you uh, join the discord, you can grab that in the secret chopper program is Anthony Richardson quarterback from Florida. You know, I tweeted this on Saturday. I think he's the worst passing quarterback that I've scouted that's eligible for this draft. Like it's really bad. He can't throw the football accurately. He can't make decisions. He can run. He's big. He has an arm, but like it's, he's really far away. So I kind of want to sell, but I feel like that value is really low. There's, he probably goes back to school. Is there going to be a value gain at some point? I don't know. So I'm not sure what to do with him. Yeah, so for me, my buy is Marvin Harrison Jr. I think this is truly the lowest price that you can ever get him for. I don't think there's going to be another time to buy him barring injury. Like, truly, this is this is it. Um, he's going to continue doing what he's been doing all season. Um, but he's now starting to get um, out of the shadow of JSN. Right? He's now starting to, like, play off the idea that, like, oh, he's just getting a lot of production because JSN isn't there, right? I think that that question and that comment doesn't matter anymore. Um, so you have to buy him. Mycel talked about it earlier. It's Jewel R. Um, I, I just have a hard time seeing that, uh, that he's the guy. Um, so he's my sell here. I've probably sold him before. I know, or maybe we've talked about it on in the uh, Discord, so make sure you join that. Um, a guy that I just 
don't know it because it's a guy that like i'm a lot higher on than uh shane and nelly and that's mario williams wide receiver at usc like it's clear it doesn't matter who the wide receivers are at usc it doesn't doesn't matter who plays caleb williams is going to be productive right he's a very very good talent um i just don't like what does that mean for mario williams right like he obviously they found a need to get jordan addison and i get it he's a very very good football player um but that to me says that the trust in mario williams might not be there right away even though it was the same coach that he had before and then who knows what's happening right now why he didn't play potential like suspension stuff like i don't know what's going on there and it just raises a lot of red flags that i'm not quite um ready to not have answers to for a player like of that volition right like a player that's that um highly picked in in a debbie league so uh i currently have him at 23 and i i i feel like i should move him down a little bit but i i just don't know so that's where i'm at i know you love that marvin harrison call look i'm i'm all in like i said i'm i'm all in i i wish i wish i had more of them i wish i did but we'll see well that is it for us here at the debbie marketplace just remember uh thank you so much for listening and we appreciate every single one of you